fellow Brappentonians, and welcome to Brap Talk. This is a weekly podcast where we discuss the happenings of the motorcycle industry. I am your host, Jensen Beeler of Asphalt and Rubber, and joining me on this two-wheeled adventure, the fire sauce to my Taco Bell order, Mr. Shaheen Avani! I don't feel so good. You made such a big mistake. You a made such decision. a rookie. I don't know why. It's not a rookie decision. Mistake. That's an adult decision. I'm an adult. <laughs> I make adult decisions. And today's adult decision tonight, I should say, was to eat one, two, three, four, four Taco Bell items. I had to count. What'd you get? What'd you get? Because like four layer. Taco Bell items, like if you got four crunchy tacos, that's just a meal. That's yeah, no big that's deal. That's not even a meal. That's a that's Did you get a chalupa? I got a chalupa, a gordita, oh. a taco. No, actually, I only had three items. I lied. I had a chalupa, a gordita, and a um, five-layer burrito. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of fire sauce. Thank goodness for that new bidet. So here's the deal. Yeah. It's 10 bucks to use my toilet now. I'm going to hold this till I get home. I need a bidet. Your toilet. Your, your, I can't, your, I can't your afford sandpaper the, toilet paper isn't going to cut it. I can't afford this, <laughs> this toilet paper cost. Shaheen. Right. <laughs> uh, what have you been doing on on motorcycles lately? You know, uh, I've been riding. I've been riding the big Multistrada, and it's it's that time of year in the Pacific Northwest where it just rains and rains and rains. It was windy, dude. My house was shit. I woke up in the middle of the night thinking there was an earthquake, and the house was shaking from the wind. <laughs> and it wasn't the Taco Bell. I just love Pacific Northwesterners with their earthquakes. <laughs> I just thought like, there it the is. Big the big one's coming. Finally, get coming. Finally, get to feel an earthquake in Portland. I've had them in L.A., but not yeah. out here. Yeah. I forget you. You lived in L.A. You've yeah. had real earthquakes. Oh yeah, I've I felt the shaky shake. The shimmy shimmy shimmy. Doesn't even scare me. Nature's like, roller coaster, and it's no big deal. Yeah, they they freak out about it up here. It's fun well, because everybody's like, "Oh, it's gonna happen. It's the one. We're gonna be Lake Portland." <laughs> I don't know. People got to have something to worry about. Anyway, so I've been uh, taking the old multi-strudel out for rides out in the mucky muck, making some uh, chocolate milk in nature, just churning all the water, finding some nice rocky terrain, having some fun, eating some tacos at the end. I just realized I've had a lot of tacos yeah. in 2021. I'm starting to sense the theme. Uh, you know, I'm okay with all the other tacos. It's the Taco Bell decisions that I have to really... I need I need some adult supervision when it comes to that shit. Is this like the Baja diet? Where are you, where are you getting like your nutritional advice from? I, that's the thing. I'm eating a lot of salads and goods at night, but during the daytime, it's like fuck it. Fair. Shaheen gone wild. Fair. Is it? I don't think that's how it works. I've been lifting a lot of weights and like exercising, and you somehow, put them back down afterwards. Yeah, it's like fuck it. I need some Taco Bell. I need a little, a little me time, which is not a good idea. So help. How about you? You know. Just uh, sitting here, Coda Kitty on my lap, cranking out stories. Coda Kitty had zero intention of getting up off that chair. No, she's not happy with me right now. She's doing that little tail flick, that like little angry tail mm-hmm. flick. The, like, yeah, I know where you sleep at night flick. I'm sitting here, but I'm not happy about it. No. Uh, yeah, not too much going on here. Uh, I got the Rebel, the Honda Rebel 1100 launch coming up soon. Ooh. Um, and then I think we talked about last show, Ducati Multistar V4 launch. Uh, a couple days after that, and then uh, a week or two later, Aprilia Tuono 660 launch. You got some. You got some launches happening sooner than later. Then, yeah, it's that time of year. I like it. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be a lot of driving. Does that mean we have to not do shows every week? Or are you mm-hmm. still gonna dedicate yourself? No, we'll figure it out. All right. 
There's just one like I might be in SoCal for a week, so that might we'll have to pre-record something. All right, fine. We'll figure it out. Yeah, that's or fine. call it in. Ooh, there we go. A little remote know. recording action. We have the go. technology. We do. We've done it before. We have. We got through like a whole pandemic doing it. So we we'll sure figure did. it out. It was exciting. Yeah. yeah. Um. Other than that, business as usual. America's Cup is on. Been watching that. Nice. Supercross is coming up this weekend. Yep. MotoGP World Superbike in, a, in like a month or so. That's crazy. So you know, 2021 is getting off to the to the things. Did I hear that? Um, 2021 Coda race is on. <laughs> I mean, it's on the calendar. <laughs> I don't think anyone thinks it's actually going to happen. I want to be optimistic. I mean, let's just have, to have something to look forward to. I don't think, uh, who is it? Someone, I was talking to someone about it and they're like, yeah, yeah, about a thing. Like it's all like on the calendar and done, but like, we're not going to bother sending you a contract, <laughs> you know, like we're not really, no one's expecting this to go through. Let's not sign any paperwork just yet. It's just too hard. I don't think we can even have people from Europe traveling into the U.S. still. I mean, that might change between now and, what is it, April? I hope you're right, Jensen. But, you know, it's it seems like we're turning the corner, but we're really, I don't even think we're at the apex of the, of the, the upward trend. You know, we're just now, you know, getting vaccines out to people, and it's going to take a long time for that to, to be a factor. Um the big thing, like for my personal world, is trying to figure out whether or not um, travel to Europe in like July, August could happen. Yeah, because I can't see them going through another summer season without tourists. You know, it's a big, it's a big part of their economy. But even then, like I don't think you're going to be able to travel without a vaccine. And like I'm like last man on the totem pole. You know, maybe I get, I don't know if there's going to be any dispensations for like, I need it for work, <laughs> but you know, okay, if that's the case, then I'm second to last man on the tunnel. But like, I'm not getting a vaccine until the fall. Probably. You think they're going to have us carry like a vaccinated card with Absolutely. us? Absolutely. I mean, they're already making uh healthcare workers do it. And yeah. I think that's going to be the reality. When you travel, you're going to have to show proof of vaccination. I'm taking away my liberties or something. Yeah. I don't understand that one. Your liberty of liberty, living in a first world country that has access to regular medicine that can vaccinate you against a plague Ooh. <laughs> i wonder i wonder if anti-vaxxers are anti this vax too i mean i oh, guess yeah. if you're, i think it's if the earth is flat the earth's flat man you can't suddenly go yeah. changing your mind when you're in for a penny you're in for a pound oh there it is Ooh, that sounded like a crisp fresh diet coke since you don't drink mountain dew anymore weirdo ah it tastes like winning is what it tastes like does it I talked to your brappy little sister tonight. Yeah. Yeah. She sends me a, a like a bird photo out of the blue like every day. <laughs> it's usually like an ostrich or something going by. You, <laughs> you see what this bird is? This is a bird that's faster <laughs> than you on the track. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, it's good. It's good that she has other friends because they'll need to console her when she loses. <laughs> she hadn't heard the last podcast episode, so I... <laughs> She goes, she goes, you know, I've had several people tell me I need to listen to the last episode. What'd you guys say? I'm like, ooh, that's on you to listen. You know, I did talk to her the other day and it was very clear she had it. I was like, oh, I can't believe you picked up the phone. <laughs> She's like, how's your day going? I'm like, doing really good. Ooh, better than yours is going to be later on. <laughs> I'm doing great. How are you? Um, yeah, that'll be fun. Uh, Shaheen. Yes, sir. This is, this is some news that's right up your alley. I like alley news. 
the 2021 Honda Goldwing Tour. Hell yeah. Upgraded. What? They built the trunk bigger. You can put more I junk like in that trunk. I like a big on a Honda Goldwing. <laughs> they finally listened. So that we can actually put helmets back there and they, things they, and they, stuff. They say two full-faced, any-size helmets fit in there. It's 11 liters they bigger. They said that last time around. They did. Well, so I told them, I was like, okay, listen, bring one of these to the Rebel 1100 launch, and I'll bring some helmets, and we're going to we're gonna find out for sure. We're mm. going to taster's choice this. <laughs> I'm into it. I like the idea of it being useful. I mean, it's already a big motorcycle. I don't understand the idea of, like, having a super small uh, svelte trunk on there. Like, why? Why'd you buy the Chevy Suburban but in a coupe mode? Like, it doesn't make sense. It was such a miss for them to bring that out with with such a s- small amount of luggage space. Right. Like on that bike, of all the bikes, like if anything, it should be like, yeah, the 20, what was it, 2018 is when it came out? The 2018 bike, yeah, now it has it has three times as much luggage. It's even more luggage space than before. Like that's how you do it. So. I think it makes more sense that way. Yeah. What are you doing on your phone there? What are I'm, you doing? I'm, I'm looking at your stories. I'm reading. You don't read it every day? Listen, man, I'm running a business. I don't have time to read your business <laughs> stories every day. I, this is my this is my version of catching up with you. I feel like I feel like your business should be reading my business. <laughs> <laughs> Some of it. I do the I do the um the like the short version, Cliff's Note version. The Cliff Notes. <laughs> that's that's what I love about your at least on the mobile side. It just gives you like the first line of every story. I kind of scan, scan, scan. Ooh, what does that one say? Scan, scan, scan. Ooh, what does that one say? That's how you get the clicks. That's how you get the clicks. Oh, smart. smart. Yeah. Wicked smart. Wicked smart. Uh, what else? They upgraded the audio. It's got, um, what's, the I, Google, what's the Google thing? Android Play. Oh, so it's not just Apple anymore? Yeah. They'll do both, which is smart. It's, uh, is, I think that's smart. I don't think everyone has an iPhone. I think a lot of people do, but there's plenty of Android people out there that would be very bummed out. Definitely. It was a big deal when that came out. That was the first motorcycle that had CarPlay, Apple CarPlay. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that was cool. I thought you'd get into that. It wasn't like a, it wasn't like a big story or anything, but you know, it's good to see them like kind of fix a, a pretty obvious glaring error. What I like is the photo you used on the story. It's just like this murdered out Darth Vader looking thing. That's that's the new bike. That's the new color scheme. That's mean Looks looking, good, doesn't it? Yeah. And then they tidied up the uh, the rear lights, so they're all one color now. Oh, so it looks it looks clean. All right, clean on clean. Is there a price difference now that it's got a little more badunka dunk? Uh, you know, I should have checked that. Um, Asked all the rap I, talk I, where Shaheen asked the difficult questions. Yeah, I did see the pricing, and I didn't bother to, to look it up because it's still <laughs> it's like thirty thousand dollars. I'm sure. You know, it's like if you're gonna pay twenty eight one hundred and ninety. Like then you'll pay twenty eight thousand five hundred ninety. Like it's it's a rounding error at that point. Is there still an airbag option on these bikes? Yes. Is this still the only bike in the industry with an airbag? Yes. That's fascinating, as the doctors say. It's interesting. I can't. I just feel like you'd be thrown clear. I told you, the Honda person had told us back in the day that if you low side a gull wing, just hold on. Yeah, that I'll believe for sure. 100% just hold on. <laughs> it's terrifying. The There's idea of, so much the idea metal. Of holding on to this 900-pound missile that's sliding on its side. It's like every part of me that's ridden motorcycles for 20-some-odd years goes, no, 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 no. You let the fuck go. No. <laughs> I, I would totally hang on. It, the weight's so low, and there's so much 
metal and stuff. Like it's never going to go fully horizontal. Like truthfully, a uh, gold wing tipping over is like 50 degrees of lane. Right. So it's just going to be like, you know, like a little mildly inconvenienced. Yeah. <laughs> I can't see they're so bottom heavy. Yeah. I mean, I remember when the, the whole airbag thing had, you know, come out in like 2007, eight. And we asked them like, how does this, I don't understand how this airbag thing works. They're like, Oh, like it's mostly for being, if you get rear ended or if you bump someone from the front, it'll stop yeah. you from slamming your face forward. Yeah. You know, like, you know, know what else is good for that? What? Full face helmet. What? What? <laughs> yeah. But you don't ride a gold wing with a full face helmet. You put a, a three quarter helmet on so you guys can talk to each other, even though it has wireless communication. Yeah. Wait, does the gold wing have wireless communication? Either way, there's communication. I mean, it's got Bluetooth to the dash, yeah. Yep. But most people use the Senna or the Cardo or... I'm, I am I am excited for future Jensen that will own a Goldwing. In like 30 years? Yeah, yeah, like a long time from now when you're in your 60s. I like that. You have that kind of optimism that I'm going to live until my 60s. Oh, yeah. You're, you're, you've are you're you got a self sense of preservation. I don't know, man. You're riding this bicycle every day, losing a thousand calories a day. It can't just be to beat Hannah at the track, is it? Oh my! Oh my God! It is, isn't it? That's kind of a perk. I appreciate your your sense of, you know, I don't know, achievement. I, I don't even know what to call that. My commitment. It's your commitment. <laughs> That's what it is. See, you're not a commitment phobe. You like to commit to things. You've been talking to. Who have you been talking to? Coda. Coda has been spilling the beans. Just sitting here flicking her tail. Just, she, she just is not gonna, happy. She is going to shit in your shoe later. I'm going to yell in like five minutes, and that's because she's going to attack me. <laughs> and I haven't trimmed her nails lately either, so that could be bad news bears. Oh, God. Oh. Oh. Nope. Back to sleep. Back to sleep. Back to sleep. Okay. It's all good. So Shaheen, kind of a late entry into the bullet points of the podcast. <laughs> and if I've edited this gracefully, this is actually Which you will. This is actually uh uh, uh what are no, we no, like? don't don't give the magic away. Okay, this is this is no, totally. We've been doing this this whole time. We totally didn't. I was here it's nighttime, in. it's dark, the sun's not out. Yeah, we this is all one recording. <laughs> it's not like it's Sunday all no, of a sudden no. and at the last minute we're recording another segment. We've been doing this for a long time. People think that we've been doing this entire time and perception's reality and let them perceive as such. We're professionals, Jensen. Magic, magic, magic. I didn't come here in the middle of my day to record this so that we can have this out by Monday for everybody. And I, I literally will have this out in eight hours. So, yay. Um, yeah. But what the reason what we're talking about is Aprilia just dropped sneaky surprise attack. Well, uh, updated, new, redesigned, however you want to flavor it, RSV4 and Tuono superbikes. What are you thinking? What are your thoughts? My thoughts. I know you're going to ask me that, but I want to ask you first. I know you got ahead of me. Fuck. <laughs> um, I love me some RSV4s. You I love. I love the RSV4. I dare say that's your favorite sport bike right now. It is, like if, if I'm buying a super bike, if I'm buying a leader bike, I'm buying an RSV4. Not a V4R uh, Panigale? I don't have 40 grand for a motorcycle. Okay, in the real world where money actually matters. Yeah, like, this like, thing. like I mean, like what I'm actually going to put in my garage, like Jensen's budget, like because I'm a little... I'm, a little, I'm easy with the loving, but I'm tight with the money. Hey, dude, you got a budget. I get it. Yeah. Uh, RSV4. And I get a base model. I get what? a base model of RSV4. I mean, I guess that's good because it's really just the go-fast parts that are different, and you can replace those yeah. at your own at your own time, at your own money. I'm not sold on the electronic suspension uh, because I'm, especially since I'm never going to use this bike on the street. Right. Um, but if you're buying a Tuono, you'd probably go factory. Yeah. Isn't that uh, funny how we think that way? Yeah. Well, Yeah. I think I think street bikes with electronic suspension make a ton of sense. Right, make a ton of sense. Right, uh, super bikes we're not there yet. All right, fair enough. Um, 
And it's just, it, it handles really well. It makes a lot of power. The electronics are really good. And it's like five grand cheaper than a Panigale, which is which is a really good bike too. It's, I really like it the Panigale is a good before. Bike, I'm, I'm always blown away by the uh, value of Aprilia. And my only, you know, beef with Aprilia has ever been that it seems like, you know, they, they've been known to kind of have dealerships that let them go for too little of a price. So they don't hold the same sort of resale value as yeah. I think they should. That's a valid complaint or and, criticism. And they're such good bikes. I love them. I've all, I mean, I have one sitting outside of your house right now. Yeah. I love them. Yeah. You were, you rode here on, on brand. That's right. $3,200 price difference between a base model Panigale V4 and the base model RSV4. Like, to it's me, always that's, been like that. And then, and then. Knowing that when I go to a Ducati dealership, I'm going to pay pretty close to that sticker price. I'm probably not going to get a deal unless I'm going to Uncle Shaheen. Yeah. Whereas if I go to the Prilly dealership, like you just mentioned, I'm probably paying like, like you can get an RC4 at the end of the season for like 15 grand. And that just shouldn't be the way. Oh, I mean, if, yeah, it just know? shouldn't be like that. It, it shouldn't be, but it that's the way it is. And like, like they already have, have so much value for what the bike is. You're getting so much bike for the price. And let's get, you know, let's be honest here. Even a factory at 26,000 USD is a fucking bargain when you look at a CBR 1000 RRRRRR model. And, I, well, I mean, we're getting really ahead of ourselves, but I would put more money on the likelihood of Aprilia not playing the EPA game, right. which maybe or maybe not catches up to them pretty soon, <laughs> whereas Honda and Ducati and some of the other brands are having to. Like, right. you can see it when you get on the dynos, and it's like, oh, 10,000 RPMs, and it just the horsepower just, just goes flat. Flat lines, yeah. Not the case with the RC4. <laughs> no. It goes all the way up to like 180. Really, uh, is the drunk uncle in the motorcycling world. He's like, I didn't know that was a thing we could, I could do. I think we're getting to the point in time where that game is going to be shut down. But until it is, I mean, out of the box, it's it's definitely the better bike. Um, until you uncork him, and they, then and then you get a better comparison. They didn't give us a lot of imagery with this bike, but what I'm looking at is pretty. I like it. <laughs> That's what I love. I was like, God bless the Italians. Where it's just like, let's only send them a photo of the left-hand side of the bike. <laughs> the right-hand side of the bike, we don't know. We don't. It could have a whole sidecar on there, Shaheen. It's, uh, it we can make that up. Flower. Maybe it does have a sidecar. That'd be right. Oh, man, the RSV4 sidecar edition for that Isle of Man race that's going to happen later on, hopefully again. I do like that they took all the letters and numbers out of the name. Like, it's just Aprilia RSV4. Aprilia RSV4 factory. Right. Um, so that makes the 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 spewing out the 1100 V4 APRC factory double wide <laughs> ultra awesome edition. Like, it makes me think of like the 80s and the cars always had like EFI on yeah. it. Like I, I get it. I totally get it. I don't need the. Does it have synchromesh? <laughs> uh, Automatic uh, <laughs> EFI auto shift. Uh, um, does it still say hashtag be a racer somewhere on this thing? Doesn't look like it. Okay, bear racer, bear racer. Bear Excuse racer. me, bear racer. Would you like some uh, assistance? Mm. Uh, really like the blue in the one that they've shown us. I'm assuming yes. this is the factory with the like Olins on it. It's like a little purple, like a purple blue with the red. It's striking. Yeah, that's the factory. I think the design is good. I think it's a little bit vanilla. Okay, I'm glad you said that because I kind of felt the same way. Yeah, it's kind of like in passing, if it didn't say Aprilia on it, I would have probably mistaken this for either a CBR or the new S1000RR, which also kind of looks vanilla to me. See, they're doing that thing where they're taking the the same design language from the RS660. Right. And I kind of get it. I'm like, all right, you're trying to... Yeah. Like first you're doing that double fairing layer thing with the winglets and all that stuff, which is kind of cool. I like that. I like that integrated winglet though, that it's not yeah. kind of sticking out. But... I think the problem for me is like I see a lot of the RS660 in it, mm -hmm. and that's the cheaper bike. And now right. I feel like this is the cheaper 
Like, See, had this come out first, and then the RS660 would be like, okay, that makes sense. You're yeah. copying the big bad boy. Maybe, yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of manufacturers do this, though, don't they? Where they have, like, a design language, quote-unquote, yeah. and then they kind of apply it. Like, a Mercedes S-Class and Mercedes E-Class and Mercedes C-Class kind of all look kind of the same. It's just slightly larger or smaller. Totally. Um, so maybe that's what they're or doing Or, like, here. your Kawasaki, and all of them look like, you know, the arachnoids from Starship Troopers. <laughs> nice reference you like that i like that a lot now that's in my head and i'll never be able to unthink it <laughs> way to go jensen T- 10 points uh what a horrible movie whoa whoa okay <laughs> you're right do you right. see the, the sequels really do you see the sequels uh, yeah oh my god they're horrible oh, absolutely there's hours of my life i'll never get back and somehow i haven't gone back and watched them again no all right um bup, 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 bup. um so big thing here is the engine is larger yeah, they it's went like from, almost uh, exactly 1100 cc's now. Yeah, they went from 1077 to 1099. Yep. Uh, power remains the same, which I think is them quoting at 217, but it's really like 214, I believe, in American horsepower. Which is done, still pretty healthy. Which is not not too shabby. It's going to be close to 180 at the wheel when it gets here. Um, a little bit more torque, and it's 05 compliant. Uh, there's a new exhaust. So huh. by the time you get all that nonsense taken away, I think you're going to find a few more ponies. Yeah, oh yeah, you could probably have a proper nearly 200 horsepower bike if you do oh the, i don't think it would take much yeah you know, i mean with with a ducati you can do that yeah yeah pretty easily so it's got a little bit more power than the ducati uh we don't know about weight probably the rs before have always been a little heavy um the, it's been a weird heavy though it's the bike feels slightly top heavy to me like yeah. it falls into corners a lot more willingly which i guess could be good if you're if you can if you remember that and kind of get used to it i guess they have a slower roll rate than I would say the other superbikes on the market, which is a little bit of, which makes it feel slow through the turns. Right. But they feel really planted when you're over on the side. So it's kind of like, which one do you want more? Yeah. Um, the factory is going to come with forged wheels, forged aluminum wheels. Nice. Electronic Olin suspension, the, the latest version, the 2.0, which is definitely an upgrade from the previous version. Uh, I'm blanking. Oh, and the factory comes with the Stylema calipers. Uh, um, are does Aprilia not do like a racing, like a superbike racing version, a homologated version that has to be exactly under under a thousand cc? No, um, not anymore. There is a lot of rumor that World Superbike might go to an 1100 cc or 1200 cc uh, displacement. Okay. Um, I don't know how serious those rumors are. Um. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, they used to have a, a thousand cc version, but they don't do like like Ducati, for example, has the Panigale V4R. Right. They don't have something like that. What they do is they have their factory works program, and so you like to be a dealer for factory works, you have to go and get like special training. Hmm. But then uh, those bikes come directly from the race department at Aprilia, the same place that's doing the MotoGP bike. They're Got specially it. built, have special ECUs, wiring harnesses. Um, that's actually one of the cool things they're going to do with the RS660. Uh, so you're going to be able to buy like a race ready to go RS660 nice. from them. And you pay a little bit of a premium, but it's not crazy. Uh, think of what you're getting now from the factory. Yeah, I think a race prepped, like just it's just the race bike with the the ECU and the harness and like no fairings is like the same as like the price for the factory. Wow. So like you know, there's there's maybe a little bit of a premium to it. Um, I don't think I explained that very well, but like, what's the factory? The factory's like twenty three 
grand. I think like the super stock version with like a stock motor is like 27 grand or something like that. It's not crazy. I mean, this says it's the 2021 factory will be $26,000 anyway. So Okay, so maybe it's like 30 grand now for it. It's still um, not bad considering, I mean, if you want to buy a, a R Ducati, it's 40. And it's going to be right and tight. Right. You know, it's going to be pretty good. Um, but that's not going to count towards the homologation. There's nothing special there that they're doing that's really outside the box. I mean, you can get a super bike level engine build. You know, it's going to cost you I don't know, 50 grand or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, they had that, uh, the option to get like the MotoGP motor that they were using for the CRT racing. Hmm. It was like close to like 250 horsepower. Ooh, Coda Kitty. I have a friend. Hey, traitor. <laughs> um, don't bite me. Be nice. So I've always liked that program and, you know, it'll continue on here, I'm sure. Um, yeah, I think the biggest thing is like the restyling for the RSV4. Yeah. I like it. I mean, I like the one picture that they have up for it. Again, it's kind of <laughs> vanilla, one. but I like it. Yeah, the <laughs> one photo. Uh, the one I'm really interested in is the Tuono. You wrote here on the Tuono? You're yep. a man of the Tuono? I love, I love you know, it's because I'm a big boy and I like the upright seating position. It's more you, comfortable in my belly. You like a rowdy. I like a rowdy. Yeah. Um, the Tuono is, so I, I had to, I had to get this explained to me by, by Shane, the PR guy. So the Prilia Tuono V4 base model has a more upright seating position with the handlebars, a little bit taller screen. So like more touring ish. It's more, I don't know about touring. It's more upright though. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's got a larger windscreen. You're sitting more upright. It's a little less rowdy. It's less rowdy. Right. That's the best way of saying it. Right. It's less rowdy. And it's got a it's got an actual passenger seat. Throw a couple of bags on that thing and you got a the bike we keep saying we want, we wish to uh, Aprilia would make. Well, that's the interesting thing. So they they made a point in the press release to be like, "Oh, by the way, we're going to have after, aftermarket bags for this." Nice. So, it's I don't know if those are going to be able to work with the factory model or if it's just the base model, if they're going to be soft, if they're going to be hard. I wonder if there's going to be a different uh, subframe or something that'll Yeah. I don't know. Uh, we didn't we didn't get that info. Okay, that's pretty exciting though. So for the people that keep asking for something like that, yeah, put up or shut up now. You know, they're, yeah. they're doing the thing. I like it. I like it too. Same same engine size though. They're not changing the Tuono. Both bikes stay with the 1077 engine size. When I say both bikes, both trim levels of the of the Tuono right. are the 1077, and then the factory bike gets the Olin's electronic uh, semi active 2.0. I just totally butchered the actual name of it. Suspension. Still cast wheels, still M50 calipers, mm. and the seat for the passenger obviously isn't. It's still that like landing strip. Oh yeah, yeah. Thing like a suggestion to a yeah. What was it? I love the quote they actually said in the press release. What was it? Barely a tolerated guest. An ample guest, really. <laughs> Whoever wrote that did a good job. So um, that person likes to, likes the word moist. 175 horsepower, 89 pound feet of torque. That's rowdy. Uh, starting price in the U.S. is sixteen grand, which that's, I like. That's super nice. I like that a lot. I mean, even the factory versions sub twenty. I, honestly, I don't know why you buy the factory version of this bike because you get you want the suspension. I guess you want the suspension, and I I would bet that there's probably a way to get the other subframe, and if you want to have the full yeah. touring blah 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 on that. Yeah, but. you can raise the handlebars. I just. I, I I could live without the electronic suspension. I do think electronic suspension on this bike makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I could live without it for the, what was it, $3,000 price difference? That is a big, 3500 bucks almost? 3500 Yeah. Yeah. 3500 bucks. I could that's live a lot without of it. I could totally live without that's it. A, that's a set of like, I don't know, OZ Racing forged aluminum wheels 
And about $1,500 left in your pocket. Yeah. Like, it's not like I'm sitting down here with my conventional suspension bikes going like, man, these things suck to ride. No. <laughs> They're and, fine. And then save 3500 bucks, get some bags, be able to do two up riding a little bit more comfortably, still be able to rip it and grip it. Maybe, maybe get some wheels. I mean, you could, you can do a lot with 3500 bucks. You man. could do wheels and an exhaust and have just a rowdy ass bike that can yeah. also do some light duty touring. Yeah. I, I'm, you know, I don't know why you buy the factory. I'm a believer. They, they kind of missed the, the mark on that for me. Um, uh, somebody somewhere would want it. I, I, I could see somebody being like, nah, I want it to still be a rowdy, really dialed in bike that I can sit upright on. I mean, I, like if, if, if you bought one and showed up to my house with it, I'd be like, okay, I get it. Yeah. Like, I'm not gonna, right. I'm not gonna die on that hill, but like, again, Jensen's dollars, hard earned blogging dollars, which one is he going to buy? Base model. Like they just why make the you, base model way too enticing. Why do you think their factory Shimano doesn't come with forged wheels? I feel like that's such a mess. It needs to. That's weird. That's such a weird thing that they're like, you know, we're going to do all the things, but the wheels, man. And the brakes, too. I think Be- they wanted to keep it under 20,000. I really think that was the reason behind it. I, I could they agree could with probably, that. They could have put forged wheels on there and said 22 grand. Yeah. And it would have still undercut the Ducati by 2400 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. Especially when you think about. <sighs> This this segment, right? So the S one thousand R just came out, yep. and that's that's pretty tasty. Uh, I don't. It's I not our favorite looking bike. Not but our it's favorite a good bike, bike in that segment, but right. like you know, again, like you showed up on one of those, be like, hey, you're having a good time. Mm-hmm. Super Duke's coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, just updated last year. We have another version coming out this year, and we have the GT coming out. Um, and actually, I can't remember if we've just talked about that in the show, Shaheen, or if we're about I think to. We did. We we're about well, to. It's in this show. I just yeah. can't remember where what? we are in the timeline. <laughs> Edit this part out. I mean, I mean, I mean, this is all one recording. We are super professional. <laughs> um, but you know, you come in with this price tag against those bikes. That, that's you're swinging hard. You're you're probably the cheapest one on the market, uh-huh. and I, Let's I not usually call it cheap. Let's call it affordable. Affordable, <laughs> more affordable. And I usually come down. I like the Super Duke more than the Tuono usually. Really? But most of my colleagues will come down on the Tuono side of the equation. So like you can make a pretty good argument of like, this is kind of the standard in the class and it's the most affordable. Would you give this a score of 100 in the class? I think you have to. Mm, I was going to say, I think you have to. Well, you don't have to do shit. You could say well, the BMW is a 100. I mean, I don't think the BMW is a 100. <laughs> uh-huh. I, don't, I wouldn't. And understand, 100 means that's the reference. Right. Um, I mean, I think the the BMW is going to score like a 95, 97 compared to the Aprilia being a hundred. And this on my score, I probably things. give the Super Duke a one hundred one. Right. This you bike know, has so. a couple of things on there that I always, if anyone in Ducati is listening, listen. This is important. Put a fucking fuel gauge on the Street Fighter. That's the one <laughs> thing that everybody complains about. And this bike has it. You know what else this bike has is is cruise control, which to me doesn't really matter. It's to me, it's like a super bike. I don't see the reason behind cruise control, but I guess now with the non-factory version sitting up higher and having a proper seat, they're going to assume you're going to do some light duty touring. So why not slap it at 80 miles an hour and turn cruise control on? I get cruise control on the Toronto. I don't get cruise control on the RC4. Yeah. If you're just cruising on RC4, like, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? Like you're on the straightaway? What are you doing? Why? (laughs) I guess the PI can turn on for 10 seconds. (laughs) Read a book. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, I I mean, I know some people are going to ride them on the street. Some people can do some highway miles on them. Like, sure, it's it's a it's a software thing. It's a right. switch. Sure, why not? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make a stink about it. It is like a funny feature though. But like fuel gauge is kind of 
It's it's universal. a TFT dash. It just can't be that hard to put. A, like it, I know it, it has something because it'll count down like what your average miles per gallon is. So just put a little green bar on there that goes up and down with the fuel level. And that's one of the things we we didn't mention with the RSV4 larger TFT dash. Ooh, nice. So I don't know what that means because they don't again haven't shown us the picture other than the left hand side. But that that's a good upgrade because the the RSV4 was kind of on the smaller side compared yeah. to the other brands. Probably is always a little behind, I think, on the dash game. Well, you say that, but they were one of the first with a good color TFT dash on their superbike. It's just they've just let it languish a little longer. Everyone's kind of caught up and right. surpassed, and now they got a leapfrog again. Uh, BMW's got that big fish yeah, finder. BMWs, like you can one. watch movies on that thing. They should. It's they silly. should have that option. <laughs> let's 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 get rid of this cruise control. Let's talk about my Netflix. Just, just link watch up. biker boys on your bike. Yeah, can I can I do Apple AirPlay to it? <laughs> I still think that should be a thing. I think Apple CarPlay or whatever bike play should be on every motorcycle. You know, I was thinking about it because, you know, I think we talked last year. I want to get a new head unit in my yeah, car and yeah. people were, were telling me th- things to do. What I really just want is to be able to watch, like stream my Netflix to my dash while I'm driving, which that is not be, safe at all. No, not even a little. That's why we listen to podcasts, Jensen. Soothing voices. I don't know. On today's episode. I can multitask. Not to kill yourself. I can multitask. Don't tell my insurance company, but I, I can multitask. Not. <laughs> <laughs> um, are the different riding modes adjustable on these things now or can you yes um i'm gonna screw this up it's okay we'll forgive the, you the, i think both bikes have six riding modes on the tuono i'm pretty sure it's uh oh cock let me just let me just read it i think oh. i wrote it down what uh, da, da, da. six riding modes on the tuono three on the track two yeah. of them are customizable wow and then three on the street with one of them being customizable. So I imagine there's like a track map, a street map, and like a rain map, and then customizable ones Got on it. top of that. Three customizable ones on top of that. Um, and I don't know if it's the same on, on the s 4 I know it's six maps again, but I don't know if they're di- dividing them up the same. I would imagine Probably it's easier. the inverse where there's more uh, maps on the track and fewer maps on the street. Two, two adjustable on the track, one on the street or something. Yeah, I think I'm like 99% sure that's the uh, the correct thing. And if I just kind of lengthen the sentence out a little bit longer, I can. Oh, I didn't put it in the story. Damn it. Dang it. But I'm pretty sure that's right. I just need more pictures, Aprilia. Come on. Seriously. Like, like I tried to like do the Lord's work here. I left it in the original like super huge resolution. Yeah, you did. So was, people can. I mean, I've I've blown it up on my phone. Yeah. I'm able to see details. Look at that. You can see the nuts. It's very nice. You can see the nuts. Uh, they're big and shiny. That was my way of making up for like the total lack of. And you can go to their website, and it's still just that left hand side cropped in different spots. Ugh, you're killing me. What is that like? And it, which is funny too, because usually like when you take a picture of a motorcycle, you take a picture of the right hand side, so you get the exhaust. So it's funny that they pick the left hand side. Maybe maybe Miguel just wasn't done designing it yet. <laughs> I'm gonna send him a text. Be like, listen, have you not finished? Like, is there like a different color on the other side? Is it red on one side and black on the other? Did you get, like designers block on this? <laughs> like, do you need some ideas? The book is finished. the The cover work's just not quite done. Yeah, yet. Wanna... right. <laughs> uh, what was the other thing? Oh, both bikes have a new uh, aluminum swing arm. Aluminium. It's a underbraced design. It's a lot. Oh, yeah, it is. It's a lot lighter. Uh, that was one of the other highlights. I think that's pretty much pretty much all the big changes. Obviously, styling is the big one. Um, RSV4 will be in the U.S. come 
That was a bet. End of March. Oh, wow. End of March, which is really good. Um, And then we'll be looking at end of June for the Twana. All right. 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 I'm excited for this. Yeah. I mean, those are such good bikes. Uh, They really are. The thing that's hilarious to me, it's like 12, 13 years now with these models and we still haven't really seen like a new bike. Like it's just them constantly updating it. Oh, the V4s? Yeah. Yeah. Still going strong though. Like I, I mean, said, like I think uh, most of the shootouts are putting the RSV4 ahead of the Panigale V4. Yep. Most shootouts put the Tuono ahead of the Super Duke. Like, you're king of the hill. No. What are you going to do? Just maybe, a, I don't know, put a forge wheel on this factory Tuono. Yeah. I don't understand that. Ugh. That seems like a mess. It wouldn't, like, it's like, got to be. I bet like, you it's the same spacing. I bet you it's the same bearings and everything. Just, that's the thing too. Like, you know, like if you go out and you buy a set of forged wheels, it's going to cost you like 2000 bucks easily. But when you're an OEM purchaser, like, I don't know how much cast wheels cost. Let's say they cost a thousand bucks. Right. So you're really just increasing the price by a thousand bucks because you have a thousand dollars for cast, 2000 for forged thousand dollar upgrade. So like, would you buy this bike at, what was it? 20,500? Yes. Yeah, I would. With forged wheels, absolutely. Hell yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. still it's still a bargain for what it is. Yeah, I don't care about the brake caliper. M50 caliper is a great caliper. It's plenty gonna, for the street. It's more than notice, plenty for the you street. You don't notice any difference with, no. between it and the Stalma. Um, you just be like, meh. I mean, I get like someone's like sitting down there counting beans and making it happen, but in my world, that's where I'm at. That's where my head's at. There's a lot of fairing to this naked bike, though. It's not really. That, that is my one beef with the Tuono. It's not really a naked no, bike. No, it's not. It's it's like, it's a super bike that just has a little bit less fairing and upright seating position. It's a, yeah, it, this is way less naked than the other nakeds. Still a good bike. Still a good bike. Good looking bike. Yeah, you park this next to a Street Fighter or, or a Super Duke, you're like, that's... Not the same. Not the same. One of these things are not like but the other. But you know other. what? Like, see that with the, the Street Fighter V4? It's got a lot of fairing to it. It's just got winglets. There's a lot. There's a little more than just winglets. It's got like a whole shroud around the radiator. Well, I mean, what do you want to have the radiator to be out naked? It's yeah. not, this is not 1999 with a monster. I mean, my my radiator's pretty naked. On my, on my Street Fighter? Yeah, that thing's also 12 years old. <laughs> yeah, it's like a proper... I mean, like it's... That's just like, like what I guess what I'm trying to say is like that's kind of the segment. The segment's kind of gener- uh, migrated to this more fared in kind of thing. Like, yeah, they're just like, trying to figure out how to give it some shape. Honestly, I mean, if you didn't have all that fairings on there, it'd be just another chassis with some motor in it. True. You got to have true. something to work with. Where else are you going to put the giant lowercase a? Or the hashtag for the bear racer. Hashtag bear racer. I actually really love that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> They should embrace it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that should be an ad. Aprilia, make an ad. Just bear racer. <laughs> bear racer. <laughs> like, a, like a grizzly bear coming through the forest <laughs> and then like morphs into a Tawano. <laughs> Boom. Done. Done. Just figured it out You're for welcome, you. welcome, guys. You're, You're welcome. welcome. That'll have so many hits on TikTok. It's not even funny. Buy some advertising. on That's right. <laughs> Good bike. Mm. I'm excited for it to be here in a couple of months. Me too. Me too. I'm sure Aprilia will give you one the ride for a little bit. 
I'm sure we can find a way. I'm, I'm actually kind of curious how we're going to do the press launch for this and like we when that's going to happen. We can do a new Tuono versus old school 2004 Tuono. Hell yeah. And see what has happened in those years. We could even do, we could make like a, a four-way with the Street Fighter <gasps> and the Tuonos. The two we, Street Fighters and You and I both own OG what? models of those bikes. That would be and amazing. Ones. Yeah. Oh, I'm into that. That'd be fun. That'd be rowdy. Uh, Asphalt and rubbers, where are they now? Feature, where are they now? <laughs> Fresh principle, Asphalt Air rubber pro only. Yeah, sign up for that pro. <clears throat> um, yeah, every photo, look at this. Every photo is like the left hand side, left, left, only left, left, left. Wait, crop that out. I wish there was a video where you just saw just the left, left side go by. Just left, <laughs> left. It's amazing. This is not even on the there. right's not done yet. There's there's probably some kind of like a left. clutch cover that's not finished yet. Crop. This is this is just just this photo cropped in. <laughs> <laughs> and this is like an obvious photoshop both of both bikes left <laughs> I'm like come on all what are you got. doing <laughs> that's all they got i really wonder what happened there i would love to be a fly on the wall just to hear ah shit just take the picture and go <laughs> it's not a, not an ambi turner <laughs> oh man that's awesome uh i'll tell you what i'm excited about they started teasing the new triumph speed triple 1200 rs what are you so excited about on this I just always like that bike. It's a good bike. I agree. Um, I'm a little poopy that like it was the original Street Fighter motorcycle, and now I feel like it's kind of gotten watered down. Yeah, it's become like the original Roadster motorcycle. Like now, yeah, now it's a Roadster, I would say, which you could say is like a little bit of semantics. But So is the RS going to be sort of the top shelf version with yes. all the goodies? Olin suspension, um, not electronically adjustable, which I think is interesting. Huh. Um. This is all spy shot leaked info bullshit stuff. So pretty confident on it though. Like 99% confident. Uh non-adjustable or sorry, non-electronic uh Olin suspension, front and rear. Brembo style brakes, uh calipers at the front, uh probably some sort of aero exhaust option. Right. Uh full electronics with the IMU and all that jazz, uh wheelie control, traction traction control, and just a smidge under 180 horsepower. Which is pretty good. That's a hell of an upgrade. Get up and go. Yeah, that's that's finally like, hey, we're on par with what this segment requires. Yeah. Um, do I have a? Do we have do a have guesstimate a of price? No, I don't think so. What's the outgoing uh, bike's price? Do we know that? Probably like sixteen, seventeen thousand for the. That sounds right. Because I I rode that bike in. I think I rode that in twenty eighteen as well, and it was it's a little pricey. It is. Well, I mean, especially for the bike that was not really necessarily upgraded that much, updated or upgraded. Is it going to have the bug eyes back? Is my internet going to do uh, anything right now? But <laughs> current speed triple starts at fourteen three five, fourteen thousand three hundred fifty, and then the RS model is sixteen five. Okay, so I wouldn't be surprised if this one hits like seventeen nine or something. Yeah. Seventeen five, seventeen nine. That's not crazy. No, especially considering the other, you know, upmarket European uh let's call them naked roadsters or whatever. The S one thousand double S one thousand R, the KTM twelve sixty what is it called? The R, I guess. Twelve ninety R. The Super Duke R. Super Duke R, yeah. And then the Tuono. Um yeah, I'll be curious to see about that one. I like those bikes, though. I've always liked those bikes. Me too. I don't, I've never been like a big fan of the round headlight. Really? Little bug eye thing they got going on. Which it is looks like, like a, they've kind of... I mean, I just finally watched the video while you were goofing off with your computer. 
Um, it looks a little more streamlined, but it kind of has the round, you know, three quarters of it is like perfect circle. And then it's got eyebrows. Yeah. Like, they've made it more, I don't know what you call that. Oblong. Oblong. Trapezoidal. Ah, the trapezoids. Over the years. It's, it's more, it's definitely got like a face to it. Right. Yeah. It looks like it's frowning at you. Yeah. It's very scowling. It's like the, the street fighter looks like it has a unibrow. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I like it. I'm excited for it. I think it's good to have, like, I, I always like, you know, variety. And this is just going to be another addition to that segment. Plus, that three-cylinder sings a really nice song. Yes. I like the fact, too, that Triumph has, like, a triple. Yeah. You know, like, it's just... It's been their thing for something a while. different. Now. Yeah. You know, like, you got your V-Twins, you got your V-4s. Bring something different to the market. Triple. I like it. It's like best of both worlds. You have the sort of like the grunt of the twin and then the sort of the long-leggedness of an inline. Yeah. Uh, speaking of personal pizzas, <laughs> I like when the segues make no sense. <laughs> speaking of flat earthers, uh, <laughs> KTM's coming out with a, uh, <laughs> speaking of smoked salmon, have you seen the new KTM? <laughs> How do you clean your underwear? So KTM, <laughs> uh, new super Duke GT, new super adventure coming out January 26th. Get excited. I'm super excited. Do we have ideas of like engine size or anything's changed? Well, they're both based off the KTM 1290 Super Duke. So they're going to be 13 and 1 13 and CC. One, yeah. uh, and that got upgraded. Which one is Husky going to have a 1301? Because that would finally be a real number. You know, I've heard some rumors on that. Um, there was like a, a Super Duke based like cruiser Husqvarna that was by photoed like two, three years ago. Which, you just make a Norton 1301. It'd be amazing. Well, you got to make the Norton 901 before you can make the Norton 12. <laughs> this is the thing. Like, I, I don't know what's going on at Husky, but like this, like trickling out like one bike a year thing isn't working. It's not working for you. I mean, you just, it just takes too long. Like when was the last, I'm trying to think like the last new Husky was probably like 2018, 2016. Like it was the Savart Pullin and well, the Pullin 701. Little Pullins. And then it's taken them this long to get a uh, the Norden 901 out, and it's still not out. Um, I mean, they figure if tri- uh, Yamaha can do it, you know, just kind of slowly just, tease out the idea, and three or four years later, finally come out with it. I just don't know who's benefiting from like one bike coming out of time. I don't either. Because like, it's not the whole, dealership, they're getting annoyed, probably. Yeah, because the dealership's like, no, like, hey, like, if we're going to be a street bike brand, I need to have like four or five models, right. not just two that are basically the same. And like by the time they do the concept and then the prototype and the teaser and it finally comes to market, like three years goes by and you're just like, okay, well it's, it's here now. And I'm like, the buzz is gone and I'm just kind of waiting for the new thing, but you haven't really come out with a new thing yet. Huh? And you know, so, um, so this new my, KTM super Duke GT and the super adventure, so I don't see anything about an adventure R. So I'm wondering if that's going to be a year later. Um, well, we don't really know. I mean, we know the spike's been coming because they've been teasing a lot with them using that radar for the adaptive cruise control. Right. And there's been spy photos and all that. Uh, I would assume both an S-spec and an R-spec are going to come out simultaneously. Oh. All right. Um, it definitely seems like an S model is coming, but I can't imagine them upgrading the the platform and not doing both bikes at the same time. Yeah, that would make more sense. I mean, that's just that bike's a pretty decent seller in their lineup, I believe. Oh yeah, for the sure. R, I mean, 
for sure. It's it's too too big to fail, as it were. Right. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. Uh, it'll probably have this. Well, I don't know if the Super Adventure will have that same chassis upgrade that we saw in the Super Duke. I think the Super Duke GT is definitely going to get that kind of RC8 inspired chassis and get all the uh, uh, what do you call it? Electronic upgrades and all that jazz. I need to see what their new design language will be. Uh, I think you take a current KTM. Uh, 1290 Super Duke R. <laughs> Just put a windscreen on it, put bags on it. <laughs> Not the prettiest bike. <laughs> you know, those who love it, love it. And I get it. Once you sit on there, you don't have to look at its face. So, you don't. No. And you know what? Like, Jean, you know, if I was going to get only one bike. You always said it. Super 1290 S. Well, the 1290 Adventure S. Uh-huh. But if I could get two bikes, Ooh. I get a Super Duke GT. Okay. And I get that 890 Adventure. That would be a nice setup. That's a that's a good two bike. I love that Super Duke GT. I got to roll around Spain on that. Oh my god! I remember that press launch. That was um, who was it? it? Was it Pirelli or Metzler? I think it was Metzler. That was the bike everyone was fighting over to get on that. I remember you telling me this because it's just it's just so fun. Yeah, it's sort of smaller than you think it is. That that bike is the reason I keep saying Aprilia needs to make a Tuono GT. Yes, and Ducati needs to do like a Street Fighter GT. Yes. Because it doesn't need to be as big as the 1290S or a Multistrada. And it can still be sporty and have like little like little light duty, medium duty touring ability. That would fit perfectly. Like you look at Ducati's lineup, right? Like not Super Sport 950. Okay. Yeah. All right. I get it. But something with that V4 in it. Right. But with bags right. and, and a little bit more, but a more comfortable. That's wow. called the Multistrada V4, Jensen. Well, I know I'm with you. I'm joking is, around. It's too much. I mean, like I get what you're saying, but it's like that's a little too much. It needs. There's a little niche there yeah. for that. that. Like something. I'm telling you, a little bit bigger, so you can have a passenger in the back of it a little yeah. more comfortably. Throw a couple of like hard or soft hard bags on it. A little bit bigger windscreen, cruise control, and a fuel gauge. Ducati, are you listening to me? A fucking fuel gauge. <laughs> I don't know why the Street Fighter and the Pentagali V4 do not <laughs> have fuel gauges on it. It's the only thing I'm upset about on these bikes. Otherwise, I think they're perfect. But it's got radar, Shaheen. Well, no, not, not the, not, those not the, not the those. yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens with the Multistrada. Uh, the Multi's got everything. Every bell and whistle you can think of it will be on that bike. Oh, man. It's got GPS and it doesn't have a <laughs> fuel gauge. <laughs> no, the, the Multi will have a fuel gauge, but the Street Fighter, I really think if they did that, a Street Fighter GT with a fuel gauge and mm-hmm. cruise control on there, people mm-hmm. would be clamoring over each other for that thing. Mm-hmm. Totally. I would, I would get, I would get excited yeah. about that. Like a 400-something pound, just a nimble, fun little thing that you can go to your favorite, you know, next town over and have a good time on. To their credit, not a model that's going to sell a lot. I don't think I'd have to dive into it, um, but I don't think KTM sells a lot of Super Duke GTs. I don't think so either. I think most people buy the 1290S. Yeah. Or the R. Yeah. And a handful of people buy the GT. Tell you what, though. This is this makes sense. And this, this is why it makes sense in KTM land, which is why it would make sense in Ducati land. Because you get that KTM 1290, there is no 17-inch version. It's 19-inch S, 21-inch right. R. Right. This is the, the Super Duke GT is your 17-inch version of that bike. And this is why I think Ducati should do it, too, because the yeah. Multistrada has, no longer has a 17-inch yeah. option. So they should do a essentially a Street Fighter, call it the Road Fighter, whatever the fuck you want to call fighter. it. Road Fighter. That's very hardly like Road Glide. The Bronx. Wait, fuck. The Bronx. Shit. <laughs> Pasta Fighter. Hey, Gabagool fighter. Uh, <laughs> but I think that bike would do well. And and I know there's a handful of listeners who own that bike, and they're probably screaming at their car stereo system if they're listening to this while they're driving. 
the people who are buying that bike are people who are probably used to riding sport bikes and they don't want to commit to the full enduro touring style, right? Yeah. They want to have something that's still nimble, that's still fairly lightweight, but can handle. And practical. Super practical, right? It's it's a good daily rider. You could do anything and everything with it. You could, you could commute with it daily, but you can take the bags off of it and have essentially a super bike that's upright. That's exactly why I say 1290 Adventure S, if I can only have one bike, mm-hmm. but if I could have two, Super Duke GT Adventure 8 Night, because mm-hmm. With the adventure bike, I can do the light off-road. Right. I can do the travel around the world. It's still a very sporty bike. I'm giving up a little bit with the 19-inch front wheel, but I can probably still do a track day. I'm just not going to do an A group track day. I'm right. going to fuck around in B group and, and embarrass some, some superbike squids. I mean, really fuck with them. <laughs> but that's like the, the Swiss Army knife do everything. But if I can just segment my ride, if I could just take out that, that adventure riding, that off-road riding, right. that kind of touring riding... Not even touring, but like the yeah adventure touring riding. That's what exactly like the Super Duke. I could totally do a track team, a yeah. Super Duke GT. Oh god, yeah, you could just you put slicks on it. Oh man, you could you could put the hurting on a lot of people. I, I can run and get groceries with the bags. I can huh? ride two up. I can go out to the coast. I can do all the fun Anything. road shit that I want to do. Do everything on the road that I want to do. Yep. I believe I believe in that bike. I love the idea of that bike. And you and I are probably correct that they don't sell a whole lot of them. I'm sure if we talked to KTM, they would give us some numbers. But I know who's buying I it. Think, I don't think we'll be talking if they give us numbers, but we could try. Yeah, we could. Okay, we, we, we know people. I like, I like your optimism. I'm very optimistic. I'm, I'm just eternally optimistic. But anyways, all that to say, I think the people that are, I'm going to go ahead and say it's like an age segment of, let's say, 45 to like 65 that wants to have something that's sporty, that can still be nimble and have a really good time on, but not hurt their damn wrists and their backs and their necks. What's really interesting, I was trying to pull up the pricing on the Super Duke GT. It is not on the American side at all. What? Which is very interesting. Very interesting. Sport, it's on the international site. It's on the international site as a 2021 model. It's a it's an expensive bike. It's a little too pricey in my mind. Like, it's almost like 20 grand. But, I mean, that it's not that different from its siblings, aside from the 17-inch wheel. And a 1290S or a 1290R also in that price range. Yeah. Because it's still, if you look at it, it's got all the same electronics. It's got everything there. Yeah. It's just, it's just lighter weight because it's, you know, just it's just tidier. It's just smaller. It doesn't yeah. have to have like a subframe that can carry 900 pounds. Exactly. Yeah. No, I get you. I got you, Bill. Well, we only have, uh, what is it? What's today? Today's the 14th. So we have a little less than two weeks to see what's nice. what's coming. And hopefully, uh, hopefully it's all coming to the U.S. in a timely fashion because sometimes that's not necessarily the case. Huh. And then I have no clue when Husky's showing its 2021 models. Like that's that's what's so weird about this. Like it's in January and we're starting to see the bikes. Nobody knows. You know, it's little by little. Whatever, whatever works for them. Um. All right, sir. A shorty but goody. I have I have one thing. We, got- we had a listener who sent us a nice long email. Ah. About some questions about getting into track riding. Okay. Uh, John. John wrote to us. Dear John. Dear John. It's not you. It's me. Uh, and and John. Ooh, John currently writes a Tiger 800 XC. Okay. Um, and anyways, John's talking about getting into the track riding thing. So he has several questions, but the one that I want to talk about mm. is his third question. 
which is what's the move for a new track slash sport bike rider? Do you buy the cheapest track only bike to learn on and track it as often as possible or get something road legal with more modern amenities such as ABS, traction control, etc.? pay more, maybe track it a little less, but ride it more often off the track. Interesting. Yes. Right? <laughs> I mean, it, it all goes back to what your budget is. Yeah, I mean, a little bit of like what your budget is. I, I'll, I'll tell you this. I'll, I'll give you an anecdote. When I started really getting into track riding, um, it was in law school, and I had a 2004 Yamaha R1, mm-hmm. and that was my street bike. That was my main form of transportation through college. Brought it with me back east started realizing like seasons are a thing but i ended up making that like a full track bike purely because like that compromise of street versus track was just such a pain in the junk you know like track tires aren't great on the street street tires aren't great on the track right you're constantly oh i gotta cover up my headlight with my duct tape every time i go to the track cover up my turn signals pull a fuse do this do that you know like change the oil like if you're gonna do a track day right it's a little bit of a hassle on a street bike. Like if you're only doing one or two track days a year, get a good, get a good street bike that you're going to enjoy. Do the extra prep time. You know, your Sunday track day maybe means half a day of Saturday work. No big deal. You're only doing it once or twice a year. Right. But you'll get to a tipping point where it's like, Hey, I'm going to do six track days this year. You're really going to cover your headlights and go through that whole process six times. You're really going to change your tires probably six times. Like, are you really going to do all that, that, you know stuff you should be doing i was gonna say maintenance it's not maintenance but prep work um it gets old pretty quick and then you get into crashing <laughs> and like there's a reason my r1 looks like a box of snails right now uh, a and very handsome box of snails <laughs> i mean it's not escargot <laughs> but it's because like you're gonna crash you're gonna tip it over your shiny new street bike is eventually gonna look kind of ratty because yeah. it's gotten dropped a couple times I mean, there, there are ways around this, right? You can find some cheap body work for it that you would replace the five or six times you ride it on the track. But I, I agree with Jensen. I think if you have a dedicated track bike that you've bought for a little bit of money, it'll be something you don't have to worry about constantly. You just go out there and ride it and have a good time with it. And maybe it'll give you an opportunity to kind of learn how to work on the bike a little bit yourself and kind of get to know all the nooks and crannies of it because you want it to be safe. You know, if this question had come to me a year or two ago, Code is totally diving into your Taco Bell right now. It's hilarious. It's MTF fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if this question had come a year or two ago, I would have assumed when they said nicer street bike with traction control and all that, that he was meaning like a super bike. Right. Um, that's not really the case now. You can you can get into the middleweight classes with, with electronics now and the middleweight twins right. uh, now with the Aprilia and the KTM have electronics. Um. I would just say, like, you know, if your nice street bike is going to be 600 cc's or more, like a like an R6 or an R1 type bike, don't don't do that. No, I mean, well, what if that's letting you ride on the street more often? Then I mean, well, he's already got his Tiger, you know. So it sounds like this is like a second bike kind of deal, and it's like okay, I mean, like do whatever is going to make you happy. But there's been a few conversations I've had in just the last week about people that are on especially leader bikes mm-hmm. and they really just they really just shouldn't be and it's not like a it's not like a critique or anything like if you know if you're happy you're happy like i'm not going to get in the way of anyone being having fun on two wheels but like i can think of a couple instances where it's like you know what like 
that's too much bike for your skill set. Right. You would actually learn more and be a better rider if you weren't on a 200 horsepower BMW. If you were on a 60 horsepower SV650, your skill set would have drawn, you know, gone up so much quicker. Right. You probably actually have more fun, you know, because you're actually enjoying the bike and you're dicing it up rather than like, like, like I said, like leader bikes are work now. You want to do 200 horsepower? You better go to the gym. Man, you, you better, better be in shape. You better get strong. Um, I'm, I'm at the point where super bikes are not fun. Super bikes are work. It's, it's fun in a, I'm overcoming and doing something very difficult sort of way, but it's not really like an enjoyment fun. Yeah. And if you're getting one and you're turning all the nannies up so that it, it's less bike, then just buy less bike. I, I guess what I'm trying to get at overcome the ego that says I have to have, you know, that R1 or that R6. Yep. You know, like, because there's some people like, oh, Ninja 400, I guess if it's a girl's bike or, you know, <laughs> if like you're just starting out, like, it's really a lot of fun when you pass a super bike on a Ninja Fuck 400. Yeah, it is. Like, I get that will be way more fun than the, I'm on a leader bike and I'm not even getting my knee down, but, you know, right when I get this straight away, I whack the throttle and I pass right. five other bikes right. and then they all pass me at the next turn. That's not fun. Don't be that guy. Um, I don't know if that's what, what John's asking here. I'm just kind of reading into it, but like, like SV650. Um, if you want to spend some coin, RS660. The, the new Aprilia has got all the electronics and whiz banks. You know, and that's great. But that would be the territory I would look. Because that's going to be, one, you can get a boat ton of them for cheap. Yeah. And they're in decent shape. And you can, you know, modify them to your heart's content. You can leave them stock and it's just fine. And you can, you can race them if you want to. Or you can just do track days. But like, you know. I kind of feel like everyone should be on SV650 until they start passing leader like bikes the, on them. SV650 is like the KLR of the, it the is, track right? world. It is, right? It's like the KLR of the track <laughs> world. Uh, but they're good bikes. I mean, and, and they're cheap, and there's plen- there's a plentiful amount of them. And you can learn a boat ton a lot. on them before, like, like I said, like, a- if you're not passing leader bikes in a group on sv650 you're you're not ready to move up yet or or insert like ninja 400 or something in there yeah and i think i mean you're right you can learn so much more and there's there's so much friendlier and more linear power delivery and you can really concentrate on becoming a better uh uh, throttle control person because on a on a big you know powerful sport bike it's terrifying you're constantly sort of negotiating with that thing so i agree with you i would i would if if they're simply asking, hey, what should I get? A street bike that I can ride more often on the street and do occasional track days on? Yeah, if you have the budget for it, yeah, I think something like even a like a eight ninety Duke or something like that would be phenomenal because they can do some track days. You're, you're probably not going to go as fast as you want on the front straights when you're on the naked, but that'd be a good bike that you can ride around every day and you can take to your local favorite twisty road and have a good time on. Mm-hmm. Um, you and I both know when you buy like a sport bike, you're buying a very dedicated machine that you have to sit on in a very like, you know, super compromised eating position. That's not fun on the street necessarily, but it's made for the track. Um, but if you're going to, if you're trying to do track days and your goal is to become faster at that so you can start doing, you know, mm. racing and stuff like that, I, I would agree 100%. Get on an SV or something similar to that that allows you to move up in a proper way because you're actually going to be spending your energy learning how to ride the bike properly as opposed to negotiating with the thing to not kill you that's a good point like where do you want to where do you want to go with this in the long long term if it's just a casual like i want to start riding the track some more 
Right. And then be like, yeah, totally use your street bike. If it's like, I want to get better at the track and I want to be eventually an A group rider and maybe start racing. That's going to change it. I think it still comes down to like how many times you're going to come go to a track a year. Yeah. Because if it's once or twice, sure, street bike. I just, I just remember the house. Like, and I, even when I take my street fighter to the track, like I have to sit there and I tape it up. I'm like, oh, this is so oh, stupid. Yeah. It's I a process. I, it takes about half an hour, 45 minutes to get the bike properly set up for it. Yeah. That's like kind of half-assing it. Right. You know, like, like if you're really prepping your stuff, like, like I said, like half a day. Uh-huh. You know, I agree. Managing your tires, putting different tires on, taking them down to the dealership, getting them mounted, put them back on. Like, fuck, we all the bits on the bike, make sure everything's where it's supposed to be, not yeah. moving, not loose. So it's actually interesting because I, I asked the third question because the first question is also important. Uh, and I wanted to kind of get to it. John's asking, do you have any thoughts on doing a track slash track camp slash school for one or two days or putting that money towards a track bike and getting multiple days of seat time with whatever coaching is available from the track they provide a control rider? Kind of depends like where you're starting at. Um, you know, when I do like control riding in C group, like there's some people there that you know, like honestly, you just sit there. It's like you shouldn't even be at the track yet. Like, like I love they that you just the got their license, basically. Yeah, and like you, you know, you need you need like another year or two on the street because like you have just basic motorcycle control stuff that you still need to figure out. Um, there's some people in, not really in B group, but I was about to say it. But you know, like there's some people that come in at different different steps in in the process, right? You know, and if like if you've been riding on the street for twenty years and you're a very accomplished canyon rider and you're a very accomplished sport bike rider and you finally figured out that hey, it's a lot safer at the racetrack. Um, you know, I think a school a school makes a lot of sense. Yeah. You know, because you've already got like that basic skill set. If you're you know a fairly novice rider and you're going to be coming in at C group and you know X Y Z, like I don't think a school per se is going to help you a lot not it's not going to hurt you like if you've got the money and all the money in the world like yeah sure go spend the two grand or whatever to go do keith code or hire jason pridmore or uh you know california superbike school like whatever whatever you know whatever your jam is right um there's certainly no shortage of, of of opportunities there um but like I think you need to have a certain amount of tools in your tool bag before you get the maximum return on that investment. Um, you know, I think I, I know people that have especially have gone to, to the California Superbike school multiple times. You know, you go that first time and you get back X. You go that second bike and you get back 2X. You go that third time, you get back 3X because you as a rider have progressed a lot. Like I know when I work with right. some of my colleagues that are, that are professional level racers, or if I'm really lucky, I get to actually work with a full-time professional, professional racer, you know, just in like the window of me doing asphalt and rubber, you know, I came into this already an A level advanced rider. Um, and now, and now with my racing, but like when I talk to them and like, when I get things, especially if it's at a track or a bike that I know, and I've been on for a while, like I get a lot more out of talking to someone at, let's say the Ridge mm -hmm. on my Kramer mm -hmm. that I've been racing because I can see like, yeah, okay. When I come into this turn, I'm doing this, this, and this, I know my brake marker. I know my turn in what I'm doing with the bike. Whereas like, if I'm at Magello for the first time, it's just like <laughs> uh turn three, is that a right-hander or a left-hander? You know, like you, you just have that, that baseline of knowledge that that can vary so much. So, um, 
I think the most important thing would be to start out with a track day group that has a very structured C group. Yes. Um, that's one of the things I really like about actually, you know, give a little plug to Moto Corsa track Woo! days. They have a great structure for the C group, and that's why I like working with you guys. And I remember back east when I used to ride with Nesba, and now it's N2, and they had a very structured control rider group for the C group and B group. And truthfully, I don't think I would be, I don't think I would have become an A group rider if Nesba didn't have that. You know, if I was just like some of these track days, it's just like, best of luck. Yeah, here's your time slot. Yep. Good luck to you. Maybe I'm you're lucky enough have, that somebody's there that knows how to ride really well and they'll spend some time with you. Yeah, and they work with you. I'm like, that's the thing. Like, if someone worked with you and you could follow their lines and they give you advice, like they could take you under wing. Like, maybe you'll go to a track day and the guy pitting next to you will help you out or something like that. Or you have right. a buddy that'll do that with you. But you, a lot of track days, you can't really rely on that. And I think the ones that are really successful, the ones that had that built into the structure, like, you know, there's someone with a jersey on or a t shirt that mm-hmm. you know is an instructor that's probably a racer and has more laps at that track than you know what to do with. Right. Uh, it can be really beneficial. Um, and that's a good starting point. You know, if you're coming into it, it's like a sea level rider. But that being said, like, you definitely get uh, some good skills to work on. You know, uh, when you go to a class, like I was trying to think, um, like the analogy of going skiing. You know, like I have some friends that ski and it's like, you know, like do one day with a lesson, whether like, it's a full day or a half day, and then do another day afterwards where it's just you. So you can take what you learned in that lesson and, apply and, it. and keep apl- applying it and practicing it. Right. And you just, you do it back and forth. Like you get some time on your own, you get some time from an instructor, you get some time on your own, and that's how you build upwards with it. Um, and so it's just figuring out where you are in that ladder of moving upwards. Do you need to start with some instruction now? Or do you need to practice some stuff first? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can answer that question for yourself. I, I think I think I think a little bit of both works out. I mean, that's why we do it at Moto Corsa, where you're in the classroom for 20, 30 minutes, and then you immediately apply what you learn in the classroom in a lead follow session out there. But every one of us who have had the privilege to have someone show us how to do it, someone that's better than us, automatically tend to pick it up and apply it and get better and better and better at it. Anyone that gets into a track day mentality in the beginning and goes, I'm going to be the fastest guy right out of the gate, it's going to be set up for a little bit of disappointment because there's a lot to learn. And when you're out there and you're in the spirit of things, you're full of adrenaline, you're full of thoughts, you're trying to figure it out, you're negotiating with the thing, you're worried about other writers. And so be patient is what I would say. What I like about John, just from the two questions he's asked, he's asking the right questions. Right. And I think that's that's like a big sign on like how successful you'll be in this process because, man, there's such a subsection of riders that come to the track that haven't been asking these questions, you know, and it's just like, I've figured out in my head the way that I'm going to do it and that's going to be the right way or even worse. I read on the internet, I read on a forum, I read on Reddit, XYZ, how to do it. Like, whoa, like that mentality that mentality is going to get you hurt. Like that's, you're going to end up like, I already know you're going to crash. Right. You're not even at the track yet. I already know you're going to crash because right. your idea was like, well, the way I'm going to get better is I'm just going to go through that turn 20 miles an hour faster than I did before. <laughs> you're like, Ooh, that's how people get hurt. Baby like, steps, not jumps and leaps. <laughs> like you're talking about like, you're not even dragging a knee yet. And now you're going to go 20 miles an hour faster and really push that front tire. And you're like, no, 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 there's like three steps in between now and then. And you don't, you don't know what you don't know yet. Right. And that's how that's how life is. That's 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 a that's a bigger element of the of 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 living. But in motorcycling, it's very true. Like 
not knowing what you don't know is what gets people hurt. And so having that like, hey, I don't know everything. I'm going to take it in steps. I'm going to look for advice. And I'm going to try and like incrementally build. Like, do I take a class or not? Well, that's a great question. A lot of guys don't. It's too much ego. Yes. To be like, what do you mean I got to take a class? I, I got this. <laughs> I've been writing for a long time. I know the, what I'm doing. The sales guy at the dealership said I was good to go. So here we go. Like, <laughs> well, I'll pick you. I'll see you in turn three when we're picking up your bike. Oh, man. I'm going to make a shirt for Portland Riders. T3 shirt. Those who know, no. <laughs> Those who know, no. I've never crashed in turn three. It's well, my favorite, keep, it's my favorite it passing way. spot, though. <laughs> because it's funny. Like, everybody else is terrified of it. So no, they slow down. That's exactly like you mentioned it. Like, like I haven't crashed there, so I don't have the fear. And all the people I'm usually passing there, it's like, yeah, you're 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 just letting up a little because this is a spot that's caught you out a couple yeah, times. Yeah, it knows my number twice now. <laughs> For those times, my own fault. That's the thing. Not even the bike's fault. Not the turn's fault. Shane's fault. Oh, it's never not been no. the person's fault. No, just trying to push that tire one one session too many. Yeah, I never seen a tire crash itself. That's exactly as Jason Pridmore would say. <laughs> uh, what was the what was the second question? We got one and three. What was number two? Uh, let me go to it. My ADD kicked in. Back to OnlyFans. Yeah, dude. Duh. So his, so out of his three questions, the second one, which he calls question (laughs) (laughs) 1.5. For the listeners, any thoughts on YCRS versus CSS? And I'm assuming that's like a Yamaha class versus a... Oh, Yamaha Champion School versus um, California Superbike School. Okay. So what are the, you know, any thoughts on that versus that one? And he wrote, for me, practic- practically, CSS runs on weekends, whereas YCRS is exclusively weekdays. And he's not looking to start taking vacation days at a brand new job. So CSS is more likely if he does the track school thing at all. Yeah, I mean, that's like asking me. Ford or Chevy? Do you like. Yeah, for sure. I was going to say Mountain Dew or Mellow Yellow, but it's, it's Mountain Whoa. Dew. Whoa. Um, but like, different. you're not going to go wrong with either of those schools. Both no. of those are top notch national level schools with great instruction, great programs, great curriculum, expensive, yeah, but arguably worth it. Um, I think it's worth going to the local dealerships as well that do track days and ask them, Hey, do you guys know someone that does coaching? Cause you may be able to go to a track <laughs> like people do it at our track days at Motocorsa. You pay someone an extra Andy Debrino. Yeah, Andy Debrino, guy. I think he'll charge you eight or nine hundred bucks to spend a day with you. I mean, he he charges me a lot more because he doesn't like spending as much time as well, much I mean, time with me. But yeah. have you spend time with you? <laughs> <laughs> He's got zebra time. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's a thing. I think you can talk to those people who may yeah. have a because if you come to Motor Corso, we talk about track days so much, it's safe to assume we know people that do it with us and we have someone that can you know work out with you. Um, so chances are it's okay to, it's good to build a relationship with those dealers and just say, Hey, this is what I want to do. Do you have any options? And they may not, they may say, yeah, go to CSS or, or, you know, Yama or whatever, but yeah, I don't know. You're in an interesting position because not very many dealerships run their own track days. Not right. many dealerships are as involved in their track, local track days as, as say Motocorsa is, but I would say within track organizations, um, there's definitely known fast guys that will, that will do a little tutoring. Um, that can be, I mean, that can be good. I mean, that can be a good place to start, especially depending on the pricing. Um, I just, what I worry about is like, you just don't know the quality of, instru- of the instructor that you're going to get. Right. That's not to say that they don't know their business. They don't know how to go fast, 
but it's it's one thing to know how to go fast and it's another thing to teach it to someone else right you know and i I remember you know i've had this argument a few times with people it's like the fastest people aren't necessarily the best people to talk to when trying to learn something yeah the the slower person who can explain you know all those things and can watch and see you and pick up on those things right that's the real value i mean maybe not that they're they're slower but the ability to communicate it and the ability to communicate in a way that you understand it is pretty vital too i agree I mean, you can even see that at the highest level of sport like some coaches and some crew chiefs don't mesh with certain riders or certain athletes just because the language they speak is just a little too different they're mm-hmm. talking you know uh the way they convey themselves just isn't that the way that person learns. Um, and that's a little bit harder because like, that's maybe someone who's, it's not even like a full-time gig for them. Or it's not even a part-time. It's like a side hustle type of thing. Whereas when you go to those schools, those are, that's like, those are trained instructors. Right. This is what, I mean, I don't think that's their purely for a lot of them, their only job, but it's a primary part of their income. It's a primary part of their thing. Like Nick Ionach, like that's his bread and butter. Uh, Keith Code, that's definitely his bread and butter, oh, yeah. you know, and, and, and his children now too. Um, and they've they've built a curriculum around it where it's like, hey, we're going to start you here, and then we're going to do this, and then we're going to do that. We've got these drills, we've got these devices, we've got these programs. There's tracks and there's bikes. Like we're very, it's a lot more structured, I guess, is what I was trying to get Correct. to. And, and that's so, what you're paying for. You're paying for that. That's what you're overall for. experience. Yeah. Um, if I had to pick between the two, I don't know. That'd be really tough. I think if I had to pick between the two and add the money for it, I would do the school. I would, I would definitely do the school. I'm trying to think between between the Yamaha school and, and California Steelwork school. I'd probably go with the Yamaha school. Right. I did a uh, uh, star school a couple times with Jason Pridmore. Now yep. um, he's doing just kind of like one-on-one stuff, and I really in, enjoy really working with him and Michael Gilbert. Uh, I can recommend them really highly. Um, but that's another level. That's, that's more one-on-one. You're going to pay even more money. You're probably mm-hmm. paying – at least like one and a half times, maybe if not twice as much money. Um, but again, like it's kind of worth it. Um, if you can get, if you can get something out of it. It's yeah. Worth, and especially if you're going to be serious about this thing where track days and potentially, you know, club racing is going to be in your future, then it's worth the investment, I think. Yeah. Um, but like I said, either of those schools, I don't think you could go wrong. Whatever one works for you um, and works with your schedule and your locations and whether or not you have a bike or what track you want to go, like you're not making a mistake. Right. Um, uh, I do know the the thing with Keith Code School is that you know you have to go. Th- everyone has to go through level one. It's truthfully, it's built on top of Scientology. Um, Keith Code's a Scientologist. <laughs> he took the Scientology way of learning and teaching and living <laughs> and applies that to motorcycling. And I mean, like even you laugh, like it works. Yeah. Um, Wait, Scientology or Keith Code's method? The apply. I mean, like <laughs> say what you will about Scientology, but like, like I'm, I don't know, like politely say this it's there's there's something to that yeah that's interesting uh so what jensen's saying is go to track days and maybe give scientology a try try. give give scientology a try uh (laughs) go clear (laughs) uh watch the documentary (laughs) but yeah i mean it's i like that he's asking about it because i mean his head's in the right spot that's that's an intelligent conversation to start out with yeah do the thing john do the thing You're on the right track. Do the thing and let us know. Yeah, I'm curious. I'd like to follow up uh, a follow up email from John. See where he goes next. Do you have any um, any pro people that, that signed I up do. this week? And now that Coda finally jumped off my lap, I can get my laptop back out um, because we had one, and his name was Kevin. 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 
Kevin. Uh, Kevin likes our quote-unquote ludicrous comments and decided to buy us some burgers. So Wait, like our, like you and I, we have ludicrous comments? Yeah, sometimes we do. I mean, he's probably right. Very right. I mean. I'm not going to argue with that. <laughs> do you know how many text messages I got about that whole Troy Stehan murder death kill thing? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Troy was nearly as tickled about it as I, as uh, you were. <laughs> <laughs> that's so rightfully so troy's a sweetheart no he's not kill him <laughs> don't kill troy I kill him uh it'll be interesting when i see him at the next press launch <laughs> he's not going to be anywhere near you but i would agree that was a ludicrous conversation <laughs> <laughs> welcome uh, to Brab talk where we sometimes talk about motorcycles yeah sometimes sometimes it's in there um bup, 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 bup. i think that's it shaheen i think we're out it's 10 30 let's go to bup, bed. Bup, bup. let's get out of here i gotta like work out or something Ugh, gross um but, but before we let the listeners go we should suggest that they follow us on social they should. media they should follow us on instagram at brap talk twitter at we brap talk facebook just search for brap talk motorcycle podcast uh and email we brap talk at gmail.com yeah um we're popping out shows on the Mondays. On the weeklies. Trying to keep it weekly. Hell yeah. Uh, if you want to support that endeavor, sign up for any of our pro account is always welcome, but not necessary. We will still try and get it out weekly. Um, it will be interesting to see as the year gets busy again, because now we're coming out of that. I was talking about that with somebody drum. today. I was wondering, you know, once it gets busy and you start traveling again yeah. and going to press launches and yeah. this and that, you know, what is that going to look like? But yeah. we're going to keep trying. We gotta we gotta get you a microphone set up at your at your domicile. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy a nice little Mikey mic action. I like the one that you let me borrow. The blue, yeah, the blue yeti. It's called yeah, the yeti. I got some blue suggestions. Pool. The blue yeti is a good mic. Okay, but like what we're using right it's now, a is sensitive probably, one. That blue yeti. Yeah, what we're using right now is probably better. Yeah, I think you're right. So well, we can get you set up though. Noise. Yeah. So that'll help. That'll get us. That'll get it done. Could what the hell? Just like full otter on my little workout pad here. <laughs> She's trying to show you. She's like how to do, do use the workout mat. Touch the belly, human. Finish the show and touch the belly. Touch the belly so I can bite it. Yeah. So uh we're gonna go do that then. All right, let's go ride some motorcycles. Good talk. See you out there. Bye. Make good choices. Safety third. Safety third. Is there anything you wanted to say so you could be on the outtakes for the po- for the podcast? Like any shout outs? Am I being recorded now? You're being recorded now, yeah. Welcome to my life. <laughs> I mean, everyone's everyone's just like waited to the end of the show to hear your voice. Like, what do you got? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think I have much at this moment. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go get some chips and salsa. I'm gonna make some steak tacos tonight, and then I gotta go ride that new R660 at Chuck Walla tomorrow. So for MLK Day. Well, that's pretty good. Uh, Thanks for inviting me to that. Yeah, whatever, man. <laughs> uh, you know what? Why don't you come out? <laughs> it's tomorrow morning. Just come on out. You know what? You know, I know I, before I, I wanted a little bit of extra time, you know, but why don't you just come out? We'll make it work. Careful what you wish for. Mm-hmm.